0: Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to welcome you now to Polymuse. Polymuse is the podcast you know and love as we've been taking our deep, deep dive through Lincoln Park's discography. My name is Ben.
1: And my name is Michael.
0: And we're just going to hit the ground running, welcoming you to the show one more time. How's your week going, Michael? It's going. Yeah.
1: I was excited for this. Lincoln Park Road to Revolution live at Milton. Keynes? It's still Keys? Live at
0: the Milton Keyes? Keynes? It's a live album. We're doing the live albums. There's no skips on the Polymuse podcast. If yeah. you know what I mean. I, <laughs> I do know what
1: you mean. <laughs>
0: um,
1: I had not listened to this before. No. So this was...
0: There's no way I listened awesome. to this before.
1: It yeah. was recorded in Buckinghamshire, England. Okay. June 29th, 2008. Okay. It was part of the Project Revolution Festival Tour that they started back in 2002. It was just one stage back then, which was Lincoln Park, Cypress Hill, DJ Z Trip, and Adama the first year. And in the years to follow, they had Mudvayne, Exhibit, some other groups that I don't recall. 2004, Corn, Snoop Dogg, The Used, Less Than Jake, Ghostface Killa, and some other smaller groups and some other bigger groups as they go through the years. And they added a side stage as well. So this was a part of that tour. It was a big deal to be in England here, one of their biggest shows that they performed at this point. It was coming off the heels of a festival that they have in the area there. It was widely widely promoted to try and get as many folks as possible for this, both CD and DVD. Another CD DVD package as we've seen here with Linkin Park.
0: Yeah, they keep doing that, adding the extra DVD to the CD.
1: So it was heavily heavily promoted, and it comes off the heels of the Glastonbury Festival. Yeah, so I don't have the exact uh, attendance there for way back in two thousand eight, but an estimated two hundred three thousand in two thousand nineteen. So it could have been much smaller back then, but still a, a large festival is the point. It was three days prior to this event so they were trying to get folks to still hang out come check out the show and if you do watch the dvd which i recommend you do you'll see we enjoy this tremendously a lot of folks here a lot of folks at the show
0: yeah the crowd looks great man they're slamming they're dancing they're running around is it a bigger crowd than the last live dvd it must be Yes, they must be playing to significantly more. Oh yeah,
1: well it looks just like the giant festivals we have now. We have people way, way in the back, yeah. out the sides. You can't
0: see anything if you're. This is a big crowd. I'm looking at the shots now. That's too
1: far back. You can't see anything. Have you listened to this album before?
0: I had not listened to it before before re-listening for the podcast. No, I'm pretty sure. I don't know, man. Like we were talking about before, how Lincoln Park's marketing or whatever kind of fell off. Like, we they kept us through hybrid theory, reanimation, Meteora. But by the time they took that super long break, minutes to midnight, it definitely feels like it's time for another live album. Like, that makes sense that they would do another one after minutes to midnight. But yeah, by this point, it was I hadn't caught up with it at the time yet. By their fourth album, whatever that is, a thousand suns, I think. I think I yep. caught back up with them at that point and then kind of re-listen to some of the albums but no i never caught this one
1: well and also as we've covered multiple live albums multiple remixes you had reanimation which was remixes so at a certain part point if you're listening to albums as they're coming out you're listening to the same song multiple times over so it starts to wear on you a little bit but i think this was a great piece for fans that really appreciated lincoln park uh bands that performed before them on this tour interparty system Not sure who that group is. The Bravery, Enter Shakiri, Nerd, Pendulum, and Jay-Z, who did join them uh, to perform some of their collaboration songs towards the end as well. Secret
0: Encore, yeah. That's so cool that they got to collaborate again on stage, as we saw in that Collision Course DVD, where they're at like a private club show. Now they're at this giant outdoor festival show, so it's cool that they... Got to do kind of both settings with Jay-Z.
1: So it is worth noting this was originally going to be much like the Jay-Z Lincoln Park project originally. This was meant to be Pacific MTV broadcast. Okay. That was switched to a CD-DVD package release. Gotcha. Commercial release, I should say.
0: Yeah, like official album package. They're a different band at this show, man. They are way more confident. They got quite a different stage presence. I was really surprised at how different it was. I thought it would kind of be a rehash of a lot of it. The way they walk around, the way they kind of just, the way they walk out on stage at the very beginning is a lot different. They carry themselves where it's like they know they can own the room. They've got all the little different pieces of their set with the different singing, the different instrumentals, the different samples. They like know when to hit their piece. Coordinated. It's coordinated, but it's like a confident this is what we do.
1: Absolutely. It's a very mature performance. Uh, yeah. it, it did draw mixed reviews. Some folks thought it was. <laughs> which.
0: To uh, say the least. Yeah.
1: Now, it certainly isn't a. You know, from the from the guys on stage, it certainly isn't a lot of craziness, a lot of action happening on stage. We certainly have Chester performing his vocals with all his intensity that he does. And we certainly yeah. have a stage with all the lights, as you would expect a full festival stage to have. But not as much the guys jumping around all over the place. They're even dressed. We have some nice vests going on. So it's just a more...
0: Yeah. Brad Delson's wearing like a suit. Yep. They're dressed kind of different. In the first one, they were dressed... Yeah, like skater punks from the 2000s. Now they're dressed all kind of differently. They don't even really look like they're all in the same band or in a band. But uh, just kind of normal looking dudes. They don't really look like millionaire genius rock stars.
1: Yeah. And it's just two different... Ways of looking at things, and i I really like this one really well. Put together, the transitions are
0: yeah are gorgeous,
1: and they they do talk to their fans quite a bit, which is always appreciated. Mm-hmm. The title of this project actually came from
0: fan submissions. Road to Revolution.
1: Yep. So it actually came from Live at Milton Keynes. Yep. So a number of submissions came in, and they selected this one from a number of different fan
0: they've always got that lincoln park underground going on in. yeah yep, absolutely so the yeah the stage like the set itself really simple but kind of industrial looking but still looking kind of classy the sound of the music the minutes to midnight tracks a lot of them are kind of raw sounding like it sounds as good as the album as we always say on their live stuff where they do use samples but they are able to recreate the sound of the album or even surpass it. In this, some of it does sound more raw, like more of a raw live band sound, which is really cool. Well, just to go back to what I was saying a little bit earlier about the stage presence, man, like Mike Shinoda just walks straight out with that rhythm guitar. And like, (laughs) they just like, that he's got a lot more guitar going on. Musically, they're more confident. It's not just like, the way they are acting, it's like the just the way they're playing, man. To like uh, control the energy of the evening, like they know exactly how to to do what they're doing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's just like we were saying. The coordination, the transitions are wonderful. There's no wasted, I guess, movement on stage. No, there's no. We'll say improv for short, since that's what I can pronounce right now. Improvisation,
0: a little bit. Oh,
1: there we go. In the vocals, but not too much for the most Chester part.
0: Chester does a lot, actually. Yeah, he kind of he'll add extra screams and stuff. He he
1: he will. But for the most part, it's going to. So vocally, I think we agree. the The screams sound exactly like they do from the album.
0: Some of them are better better yes some of them are like artistic screams like crazy screams yes
1: and some of his vocals are weaker at points
0: i think right we talked about this off mic but some of his vocals on this are definitely weaker But as far as clean vocals, yeah.
1: As far as adding screams here and there, I just think it's not as much as a couple, you know, the Jay Z live and some of the other live stuff. I don't think he does quite as much of the improvs. I think it's very close, closer to like you were listening to the album, although some of the just the singing is a little bit underwhelming.
0: Yeah, it just seems like he doesn't have the support or something. That first live album, he annihilates every song, every note. This, it just, it feels like he's having an off day or he just doesn't have that chest support to, like, carry the clean vocals. It just sounds like he's got a week, having a weak singing day or something. But whatever, man. Like, it's still good. The screams are on point, like incredible, like better than the first live album, better than the studio albums, just nuts. Like, he's an artist with the screams. Mike sings harmonies, they're kind of weak harmonies. He doesn't have too many sections where he sings on his own, even though on the records he's been doing that more and more and more. They don't do too many Mike songs on this.
1: No, they do not. It is worth noting. I realize that the vocals are intense. But two and a half songs in. Chester could use a change of shirt already. I'm just saying. Dude's completely. drenched, completely drenched.
0: Oh, he's giving it his all.
1: Absolutely. He's in it to win it. But I mean someone should have got the guy a towel or something, because he's got no <laughs> towel in here. And we had Brad with the wonderful Headphones he's got
0: like bedazzled headphones in this Wonderful. they're not even like studio headphones They're like steampunk or like there's like crap all over them. Yeah, you got Brad on guitar Johan rocking like a hoodie doing what he does man triggering samples and doing some scratching Phoenix on the bass he looks confident man Phoenix looks like he's like an intense dude keeping it real got Rob Bordon Rob Borden's kind of a goofball, man. Honestly, he <laughs> look He's all right, man. He's not like steady. He he's just not my favorite drummer, but he he can slam when he needs to slam. He can add kind of accent notes over over samples when he needs to do that. He gets the job done. Did I get them all, the six guys? I think so. Yeah. I think it and is. My, a- and Mike Shinoda, very confident on guitar, kind oh, of weak on the vocals.
1: Of course. Yeah. So a couple of things I, I picked up going through is of course, Mike, not as many vocals and also the, I don't think the scratching as, as a parent. So Hans part is kind of more in the background. I, I want think. to jump
0: in and say though they do do a lot more with like atmospheric like yes. intros. Yes, there's a lot of samples where it'll be like an extended intro to a song that'll really just kind of break up the set and set the mood. That's yes, and that's all the DJ. That's all Han. Anyway, yes. well, continue. No,
1: well, no, that's exactly uh, exactly that's that's his role. It's not as much in like the, the couple interludes, yeah. uh, cure for the itch, and stuff
0: like that. Right. It's, that's
1: not what you're hearing no. from him in the slide performance.
0: No, he's the DJ. He keep if he needs to back off, he backs off. He needs to add that little music to to lead you along. You know, he's the glue. He glues it all into a set. It works, man. Some of the they, a lot of the songs have like samples as an intro, where it's just like a drone or just a crazy atmospheric thing that really kind of sets a whole mood and an intensity for the it's like a really good use of the samples they're not using it as a crutch at that point it's like a backdrop and then they build the rest of the song over like his intro so yeah i mean you really kind of don't hear him doing stuff in the actual music but right he glues like these interludes together and it's actually kind of a cool and unique way to to build the set really
1: it, it is he might have the most important part because i think more so than the last two live performances is that atmosphere that glues everything together in that transition phase it's it's wonderful so why don't we dig into kind of just walking through more track by track here as we dig into the list sure so they walk into one step closer our hybrid theory classic
0: It pretty much rocks. They keep it thrashy. They keep it good. Uh, You know, the screams are good.
1: (laughs) They do keep it good, yes. (laughs) Uh, The screams are fantastic. Uh, I think that's the first cue that this is going to be an awesome performance.
0: It's really heavy, really slamming.
1: It's a great intro piece. To have hybrid theory, a hybrid theory track, I think. To have the high energy, you get the lights going with this, the lights on stage, get the crowd jumping. I think that's a wonderful way to open with the performance to come out with that. And you have Mike as well on the vocals here to have a track where he's involved as well. So I think that's a great piece to open up to.
0: The crowd starts moshing right off the bat. Like track one, they go for it. Very cool. Very high energy. Interesting.
1: Yep, sounds good. Guitars come in strong, strong vocals, like we said, right off the bat. So
0: there's, yeah, there's something about (laughs) it. I can't place where it's heavier than the album version. They've got some kind of undercurrent. It's in like the drum sound or something where it sounds a little more industrial, a little more, uh, a little heavier tinged even than the hybrid theory version, which is good. Yeah. They're filling, they're filling the whole room with, with energy, dude.
1: Yeah. To really make it, really make it pop there. We have a nice kind of almost demon scream at the end, and there's a nice...
0: Yeah, like an extra scream.
1: Yep, and that we've got a nice transition right into track number two from the inside. I think that's a, a beautiful transition to go right to the next song and not take a break. You're not talking to the audience yet. Nice transition from One Step Closer to From the Inside from Meteora. Now, From the Inside is... Where they first bring the crowd in here. The second verse, the crowd is able to come into the song. But we have a nice transition here for One Step Closer into From the Inside. We also get some interaction after the track as well. But we have a nice bridge gap here from something brand new to something more recognizable and and recent as well. So we had a nice transition there.
0: Yeah, you got the Johan intro, the signature transition piece that he figured out how to do so well. He does it right here. You got a lot of Mike on guitar, man. He plays more guitar than Brad does. Like he's all over all of these songs.
1: And a lot of back vocals appropriately. Although it takes him a while to kind of take a forefront several tracks in or about a maybe half hour into the show almost before he really gets some some time in here as a lead vocalist.
0: Yeah, so from the inside it's pretty cool. And that
1: has a uh, transition into, well, we we get some audience talk for the first time right after From the Inside, and we go into No More Sorrow from Minutes to Midnight.
0: Another great Johan intro, like really weird, like alien noises, like wind chimes in the distance kind of stuff. This is like the longest intro vamp ever on the simplest riff ever on No No More Sorrow.
1: Yep. Uh, So it's nice to, you know, come out get everyone involved, and now we're into the more recent stuff. Minutes to Minute had come out a little less than a year before this live performance, so folks would have known this, known this music by now. We also have some great vocals in here, some great screaming, uh, great camera work as well on the DVD with the uh, camera shakes and the great cuts and super cuts on all the important Fast cuts vocals.
0: when they're doing like... Staccato stuff, shaky cam when they're doing like breakdowns and like slower, heavier stuff. Yeah, it's cool that they went that extra step with it, definitely.
1: With that being said, though, between the intro and some of that towards the end of the track, really kind of bland and one of the not as exciting tracks on this album.
0: Yeah, it kind of fills space. It's epic for a little bit at the beginning, but then it just kind of gets. Overblown. Chester goes crazy with the mic stand, and that looks really cool.
1: We have a, a Brad solo as well on, on the guitar here, on the intro as well. Uh, but really, a lot of heavy-hitting tracks here, and this just isn't one of them. Just not super exciting. Screams are nice. Intro is fine, nice. But happy to move on from this song into Given Up, which is... A much better track here live.
0: Well, they also do Wake, which is the intro track from Minutes to Midnight. So they do that. It's like a really long vamp again. Ah, yes. Um, they talk to the audience in between. Another Johan intro. It's pretty cool, man. This one, they're really controlling the energy of the room and kind of just getting that that flow of energy to just keep building and building and just keep the party going, keep your night going. So it's a cool intro, just a lot of really distorted guitars, droning kind of stuff going on. Then that leads into giving up. Uh, we gave I I think you gave given up an A and I gave it an S on the album. Just kind of an amazing straight ahead rock song It's doing with the cha- the chi the the change. Like jingle and change in your hand, yep. sound effect sample all throughout it.
1: And this sounds exactly like the album. The screams are on point.
0: Screams are on point. Drums are on point. Scream during
1: the bridge is
0: great. Mike plays a lot of guitar, and the guitar is on point. Um, yeah, it's really kind of just, I wrote down in my notes, it's just super competent. <laughs> like, it just <laughs> it does the job. Like, it's just straight ahead rock in the best way. Like I, it's almost generic rock, but it's not. It's it's like perfected rock, like polished rock.
1: And this was one of the big hits.
0: Yeah, coming back into on XM Radio. Yeah, definitely.
1: So getting the audience back involved, the crowd back involved. Let's get up for
0: giving up, and just tons of screaming, just insane. Just way more than the album. Just nuts. Crowd goes nuts. A lot of good moshing. A lot of good circle pits. I wish I was there. I would love to go and dance to this kind of stuff. It's the perfect beat. Just like a really awesome, just hardcore slapping drum beat. Gets you going. Gets you moving. Gets you s- just beating the crap out of the people around you uh, in a good way.
1: And that takes us to lying from you. Another hybrid theory cut.
0: Really cool uh transition, like a cool like tick 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 drum thing that kind of leads from the last song into this song. Really giving it a weird, unique atmosphere. And it really works on this song.
1: And this is where we have Mike, of course, with the vocals up front. For the first time, not as much in the background as he was towards the beginning of the, the whole first half of the show, really, the first twenty minutes. So it's great to have him more or less, he's been in the in the background for most of the show at this point.
0: Yeah, he goes in to the front of the st- stage and does more of the MC role, kind of keeping the crowd moving and grooving and making people put their hands up and stuff like that. This might just be the rappiest song that they've done so far in the set.
1: Yep. So it's great to start to bring him around. I think it's kind of strange that I guess they haven't woven that in more, even though we're only a handful of songs in. But yeah, we're, I guess we're really getting to the meat of the performance now.
0: Samples sound good. They blend in with the drums. They blend in really well with the guitars. It's a really good mix. Johan doing his thing. Just really pounding, great rhythm. Uh, That really works in a stadium or an outdoor kind of festival setting like this. Really good song. Gets the crowd to sing with them. The bass is really strong on all these songs. He's really just controlling just a huge sound. Just a crazy. He keeps it really steady and really thick. And that's what you want. Yes, it is. All right. So it comes back in. They kind of let it die. Let the crowd murmur a little bit. Comes back in with a acapella freestyle version of Hands Held High. We both agreed off mic that it kind of sucks. Mike is really good, but some of the stuff he rhymes is just whack. Just not clever, not, I don't know, it doesn't mean anything, you know what I mean?
1: I've never been a big fan of having a song performed at... A cappella without the instrumentation or all the other pieces that make it a full track. Without, I mean, obviously things can be done a cappella, but you better have a great song, something there. And he's freestyling hands held high, which is just not, I don't know, it's not great. It's just not great. It's it a brief little, just under two minute basically interlude. It's used almost like, as a what transition. What did he say? It's yeah. like,
0: I don't know, man. What did he say? But yeah.
1: I guess it gets the attention of the crowd. He gets them pumped up with the, are you with us right now at the end? Are you with us?
0: Are you with us right now? I mean, I'm down. I'm just saying, play a song. You know and,
1: what I mean? And he does then, I guess. He sits down on his keyboard and transition, transitions us. Ooh, that was a smooth transition. Right into Leave Out leave All, out the, all rest. the
0: Rest. We get a power ballad. You can't really slam dance to this. This is more of just kind of stays at an intensity, medium intensity, kind of cruising along. The drums are really slappy. And I like that. (laughs) Uh, Mike is playing some keys. Chester is not on his A game. I don't want to keep, like, bagging on him. It's just interesting that it's so noticeably not quite as it he sounds pinched. He sounds like he's struggling to get out on the clean stuff. Maybe it's just cause he's screaming so dang much, just insane. And then it just leaves his vocal cords weaker. I don't know. Either strain
1: or, or energy conservation, one or the other.
0: And it's fine. Like he, he, it's good. It is good. It's just not like A++ good. He can do better is what I'm saying. And now I'm going to shut up about it. I, I've said plenty <laughs> insulting our favorite vocalist. Um, what else do we think about Leave It All The Rest?
1: Well, we like the harmonies between him and Mike. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Although Mike, the few times he has to deliver his vocals by himself are also not the strongest.
0: Right. He's also not quite lead vocalist or lead clean sing vocalist level. He's more backup level.
1: Now, maybe it sounded different live, but the recording just is very lacking. It's just not strong. I don't know what the deal is, but it's just not. It feels like there should be a little more strength behind these vocals. Something. Something's just not. Not quite right.
0: It's still pretty awesome, though. It is still a really good stadium rock anthem track. It's just, I don't know, something about the energy is not there on this one.
1: And then we roll into Numb, which brings it up for us.
0: Yeah, they're taking it back up at this point. Definitely. They know how to get the ebb and flow of of to keep your evening going, to keep your party going. These vocals seem to
1: be a little better. We have some great screams in here.
0: Really good harmony. Probably the tightest harmony that they do on the thing.
1: We do also bring out some echo as well with the vocals.
0: I should say, with the, um,
1: oh, with the vocals, but instrumentally. Not real.
0: Yeah, they do an effect, like an echo there effect we go. on the vocals. That's
1: what I'm looking for, an echo effect. He does try to fit a weird scream somewhere into the uh, either refrain or bridge towards the end there. So the, I don't know if the echoes throw him off briefly mm. at some point. Because he tries to fit a weird scream in there and he cuts himself off and, and, and continues singing. So I don't know if he threw himself off in there somewhere with the echoes,
0: but... These guys switch guitars on, like, every song. Brad and Phoenix and Mike just have a different guitar constantly. Pretty cool that they're at that level where they can afford to do that and uh, take that little subtle extra step to add some more production value, just get a bunch of, you know, expensive, high-caliber instruments going, just uh, the exact right tone and sound for the song that they're doing. It's cool that they can afford to do that at this point and and go all out like that. Yeah.
1: They're not tuning on stage. They're saying, hand me a completely different instrument, please. (laughs) Yes.
0: They got a guy who will hand them one. (laughs) They're not a bar band who's going to look at their feet and uh, tune for 10 minutes while they tell dumb jokes.
1: Yeah. You're not getting any of that
0: here. They got a perfect ax, the exact ax that they need for the job. Just thought I'd mention it on Numb. Numb's a good song, it's a good version of Numb. They do kind of rely on the samples a little bit on this. Cool that Mike's playing keys on this. Harmony's good on this. Next song is Little Things Give You Away, which is kind of one of their weird ones, one of their experimental ones.
1: We start out with just Mike and Chester here.
0: Well, it After starts little, out
1: Well, we have the interlude intro.
0: A piano. Yeah. Yes. So there's a piano outro of Numb, which leads into like a whole piano solo that Mike plays.
1: It should have been longer.
0: It was it's cool. It's chill. It's just it's a lot better than the freestyle rap solo he did.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. And it's just subtle. It's cool that they let the kids stop moshing, you know, like just really bring it down, like go get a beer, like just take a breath. We got to get some energy back for a second here.
1: I don't, know, I don't think uh, it is a solo. I'd consider it almost more of an outro intro because I don't feel like they gave them enough time. I, they should have had more keys on here, but most of the show, they didn't give anyone too much time to solo anywhere. So it's all pretty, pretty much a tight show.
0: So then Mr. Han comes back with a sample. Little Things Give You Away starts up. Uh, Mike picks up an acoustic guitar for the first time. And a lot of crazy weather actually going on at this point in the show, in the video on the DVD. It's like almost about to rain. It's like just really kind of eerie, and it really kind of fits with this mood of this song in particular as it's hitting.
1: Looks like it was overcast part of the day and at this point it's all cloudy we've got a nice sunset so it's perfect for the kind of acoustics that we have going on here and just kind of lull in the show as far as calming everyone down before they ramp up towards the end here shortly but it just fits nice for the mood
0: here and this is one uh where phoenix sings they got a uh, polyphonic singing where there's multiple different melodies multiple different lyrics happening at the same time on top of each other this is another song like no more sorrow although that one was more intense this is another song where it's just another vamp song where it's just kind of the same couple few bar pattern repeated but more intense more intense more intense i don't think this one gets intense enough they don't like go all the way with it it not all the way over the top at the end like it could be
1: yeah it's very laid back i thought they could have done a few different things with it brought up the energy a little bit or even toned it down maybe a little bit further perhaps i don't know it's
0: yeah maybe maybe like do the my december version where it's just kind of really really pulled back
1: yeah, well they start to bring right the other band members in as, <laughs> as the track progresses and they, uh, they almost could have kept it with mike and chester that would have been fine, I think. And we'll talk about one of the tracks later where it is Mike and Chester. And that, that's a great track. But this is this is almost where I think a lot of other groups would throw a cover song in and do a cover song.
0: Okay. Yeah, maybe, That's yeah. my thought. Gotcha.
1: And just kind of have a chill kind of vibe. And this is still chill, but I just, I don't know. It's, it doesn't get my energy out. And no. it doesn't really chill me like a sing-along
0: right. So I, and it doesn't really build into like that hype of a thing. no. So then they do breaking the habit and breaking the habit sounds so weird in this set for some reason. The instrumentation and the samples, and it just sounds so like herky jerky, like alien music, like futuristic music, you know?
1: yeah. of course, it's a it's a great track. but I also don't know what you're supposed to do. Again, live album, live set. I don't know. If you're at home alone and you're listening to this in the... I mean, I do my dancing in the kitchen, but I also cut myself a lot. So if you're listening to this in the bathroom, in the car, wherever you listen to your music, like how are you dancing
0: to this? Yeah, how do you dance to this herky-jerky weird stuff? Yeah,
1: and we're coming off several tracks in a, in a row, which are not real high-energy tracks, and you move to... Another one that's very, I mean, you can sing along with it. Everyone knows the song. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure how you, you're not getting any circle mosh pits.
0: I do not nah. Is there a technical
1: name for that? Mosh pits, but also where they run in a circle.
0: Yeah, like a circle pit.
1: Okay. Yeah, well, you're not getting any of that here. So it's just a very, a song you have to play. But I just think I would have ordered how I was playing some of these tracks a little differently.
0: Or maybe changed up the arrangement. They went, It's just a really loose, kind of sparse arrangement it's not very heavy or thick they just kind of pull it all back a lot of samples obviously it sounds cool it is cool it's just not hype energy i'm looking at the crowd on the video they're just standing there you're totally right you cannot dance to the they're just like i just think.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I think yeah. if you were like, hey, Dad, can you take me to the concert? Bring a lawn chair. You'll be sitting for about 20 minutes as we make it through these six songs because no one really knows how to dance, Joe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's it's weird because we talked about how we wanted them. It, they're like stadium rock at a certain point. And some of this stuff comes from that, that type of songwriting. I don't know. There's just some of them that don't, have the right flow of energy i guess i'm not sure
1: well we've under we've discussed how they have evolved and can do a lot of different styles i just would have ordered some of the songs differently to create more of an up and down energy i guess because it sure seems like we're on quite a down for quite a while
0: and they did seem to order it by the instruments that Mike plays. So it's all his guitar songs, then all his piano songs and then back to some of his ones where he's just rapping. So we're still in the piano phase of the set. They do another acapella outro on Breaking the Habit that leads out into the next song
1: shadow of the day
0: shadow of the day this is the one i gave an s to said it is a beautiful amazing power ballad i think it works i mean it is the best power ballad i think you can kind of rock and dance to it a little bit i think it sounds amazing here i mean like you were saying though they've had so many down tempo ones in a row that maybe they could have switched up the set differently But, uh, I mean, they nail this one. I I really like the arrangement on it, and uh, it is still one of my favorites.
1: You can sing to all of these tracks, obviously, but this one especially, I think the way it's laid out and that it's no screaming at all. What do you say? No screaming, all singing. There we go. And it's just wonderful as a little sing-along, and the sun is setting. At this point in the concert, I mean, they was setting a couple tracks back, but it's perfect for this song, yeah, it hit the sun right will set for it, you. It, and it it's perfect. I don't know if they sun you know will set for you yeah, I don't know if they knew exactly when the sun would set that day ballpark and fit this into
0: or if the it set happened,
1: yeah, it fits in perfectly. so it's just a really uh, nice placement for it in the show. and we get some higher energy stuff now after this crawling and in the end as we're hitting the back end of this the show here i just yeah you were just moshing earlier in the show and then for a long time you're just kind of hanging out just not as high energy but this is i think a nice transition to some of the higher stuff because i think it gets you more involved with the singing from a live perspective back up
0: too oh yeah and the bringing you back into the vocals yeah but
1: musically yes this is wonderful it sounds like the album we both like the track off the album
0: and then the next song is Crawling. They do the reanimation intro of Crawling, the one that always makes us think of Aaron friend, Lewis, Aaron yeah. Lewis from Stained, who sings on the album. A lot of triggered samples from Johan. He's kind of playing the sample pad like an instrument and hitting all the different little beeps and boops going on. Uh, they go into the regular version, Good version of Crawling. I mean, it sounds like Crawling, and they, they nail it. The drumming is heavy on point. Chester's on point on this one. He's, he does, he sounds strong on this one. He's, he's hitting them.
1: Vocals are nice, and as much as we like to see a live performance with as much live as possible, the samples are what make it sound like the album version. So this is one you really need to hit. From Hybrid Theory, obviously one of the first big tracks that they had, and this is a right on point. And this is, you know, towards the end of the end of the show. Here's your big Hybrid Theory track. Here we go, up tempo. You can jump around a little bit more, even though this some of the chorus, uh, not the chorus, the verses are a little bit slower. But it's still a song you can jump around to more so than any of the previous handful up to this point
0: yeah on the courses you can jump they're they're getting back into it uh, this is one where mike kind of takes a little bit more of the front man role he's done playing the piano i think for a while now they kind of nail crawling good crawling then they do in the end their other gigantic biggest hit the piano is part of the sample the way it was on the last live concert so you've got like the weird radio oh you know i'm watching him do it on the video so he's triggering different parts of that loop on the sample pad so he is kind of playing it uh shinoda takes the mc frontman role the bass is really good and really thick. Good bass sound on this coming from Phoenix. And Chester does a great job as well. Yeah. Good harmony from Chester.
1: And we have Mike in the crowd as well hopping in. Mike hops right in the crowd. So we have some fan singing. We some fan high-fiving.
0: That's pretty cool. Yep.
1: But this was um, kind of the first wrap-up track. Yes, they do leave the stage
0: after this song. They do the really good trick where they pretend to leave the stage and pretend that the party's over. Everybody gets very agitated and wants them to come back. You know, in the end is their biggest hit. So it's like, that's kind of a good way to do it. And then everything that you come back for after, like this is just for the fans. Like this is because you wanted it. Here's some more songs. Exactly.
1: Now... Are you a big fan of going to see them perform a big song like In the End and having the crowd sing a portion of it like that? Because personally, I don't mind singing along, but I would prefer that they do most of the heavy lifting on the vocals. That's what I came for.
0: That's a really good point that it is kind of a cop out. I mean, it's fun, but it's like we're paying to hear them perform it and we're not necessarily paying for us to sing along to it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, do it whenever, every once in a while. It's whatever, but that's a good point. Then they come back out, just like we knew they would come back out, and they say, thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: So we hit what is probably my one of my favorite tracks on the whole live set after their kind of exit here in the end, our first semi-encore with Pushing Me Away, which is a nice duet acoustic with mike and chester
0: yeah this is a unique song on here definitely worth listening to this album for moments like this where it's something totally different that it has nothing to do with the studio version of the song total rearrangement of the song just piano and vocals both of them are nailing it Uh, Mike should have sang on this. There is a Mike part on this song that he didn't sing. Uh, But I think they do great. I think it's really, really good. The singing is great. The song is great. The song is great. Uh, But they uh, just tease. I thought they were going to play the whole song with the band, and they don't. It's the tease version.
1: Yeah, it would have been nice to yeah certainly either bring the band back at the end or at least have Mike in at a couple spots, bring his vocal back vocals in. I don't mind this version. I mean, I I just it's like good. the keys on here and some kind of vocals. It
0: could have been great.
1: I think we found our new uh, Christmas duet for our family get-together.
0: Yeah, we could do this it. This could be can it. Can you play the piano part? could certainly learn it. Okay. It's been a little while,
1: but I could certainly pick it up.
0: Well, you got to do they got to do more singing together. That's what's the real magic. They don't play it up enough. Speaking of duets, like we always talk about how Chester and Mike are like a duo and how they play the different characters and the different moods and the different like, you know, one'll do the super intricate like speaking part and the, then the other one will just do like crazy little one-liners but they don't play it up enough on stage like they could do way more to kind of use their stage presence to show that like they're the two ringleaders of the thing they they all kind of fade into i mean they're all six of them doing stuff but do you kind of get what i'm saying like i do yes the, mike doesn't sing enough yeah they don't do enough back and forth
1: mike really doesn't sing enough or have enough vocals on this whole live performance Mm -hmm. so to kind of showcase Chester's vocals here without Mike adding something vocally it seems like a strange option to me but it's what they went with I enjoyed it's good could have done a lot of different things but it's one of my favorite songs on the live album here
0: yeah it's worth listening there's this and a couple of the moments coming up uh, make listening to this whole live album definitely worth uh, worth your time for Linkin Park fans, definitely. Uh, then Mike does a bunch of made-up piano noodling. Kind of pretty, kind of good.
1: And we bring the whole band back for What I've Done.
0: Great song. Uh, what they do is solid. Mm-hmm. They're kind of killing it. It's kind of still not quite full energy, but it's very tight. Uh, they play the piano riff for real. They don't cheat the way they do uh, in the end. Uh, Mike's actually playing it. The drum sample is awesome. It's really crunchy and cool and just kind of keeps them all locked in. That's a really good sound.
1: And it's high energy. Crowd's involved. Whole piece is good. You're thinking this might be the wrap-up to the whole show, and it's not quite. We do have Jay-Z coming up still
0: jay-z comes out so jay-z had played earlier his set on the same stage on the same day so the audience knew that he was there and that it was a possibility
1: it's always nice to have that in the back of your head like who could pop up or who might join them on stage so it was only natural for him to hop up
0: for a couple tracks here and they start with the Numb Encore mashup, which is a lot of Jay-Z, kind of mostly Jay-Z doing stuff.
1: And that leads right into Jigawatt Faint." Uh, but it was an interesting selection to use these two um, to start with a lot of Jay-Z. And then, of course, the back end of Jigawatt Faint" turns into full, basically full feint with Linkin Park on the back end. So it's nice to kind of incorporate him in. And then go right into your big hit, faint towards the back end of that.
0: And Jay is just killing it. Like, super, super tight with the drums and the samples. Super good enunciating, clear vocals. Uh, like, you can just cl- clearly understand every word he's saying, and they all hit exactly on the beat. He's got great stage presence. Uh, he just comes in and hits it out of the park. Like, he doesn't need a warm-up. He doesn't need to, like, get in the groove. He just, like, nails exactly what he needs to do on the track.
1: And Jay-Z is known for refusing to play with a back track or back vocals. He'll perform all his own vocals, or he'll refuse to perform. Videos you can find out there of that. So it's great that he's out there, and, like you said, great annunciation. He's, he's singing it, rapping it, as it is a, on an album. And that's how he wants it to be live. That's how he wants you to hear it. So it's just a wonderful performance by him.
0: Yeah, this is the other moment where I would say it makes this whole album worth listening to or getting a hold of uh, this one and then that cool piano version.
1: Of Pushing Me Away. just
0: so, so well done, so high energy, so unique of a performance. Um, super, super cool encore pieces here. And uh, yeah. Then they still have one more.
1: One more to go here. One
0: more. With Bleed It Out. This version of Bleed It Out is phenomenal. This is like the coolest way to end a show. They play like the whole song first. And it's like super tight. And they're going all out. Like it's the best version of Bleed It Out. Everyone's giving it 100%. And then they have a drum solo. What do you think about that that far so far? So, hot take here. Yeah. Uh
1: you know, I take a break I take a, a breather during drum solos. Oh. Okay. I think you like your drum solos longer. This is a yeah. a, a very brief drum solo. Uh you know, I'm not a big fan mm-hmm. of the solos of anything. Really, yeah. For an extended period, <laughs> to be honest with you, this was the perfect length for me. I don't. Was it a minute and a half? Maybe two minutes? It wasn't a ten-minute drum solo.
0: It was long. I'm just a a drum drummer fan. I love like John Bonham of of Led Zeppelin. How he would just play like ten-minute long, twenty-minute long drum solos in the middle of the show. Yeah, no, this is awesome. It is an extended, long drum solo where he goes all out. He does good. It's uh, not a bad drum solo. He's got some chops. Um, What do you think about the the Bleed It Out, the song section? We kind of ragged on it a little bit on the studio album version. Right. But it does really work as a closing song here.
1: I think it's a wonderful closing track, one of their hottest songs at the the time. Obviously, the crowd's involved at this point. I think it sounds great on... Uh, just just to listen to it, um, I was gonna say in the headphones, but to listen to it is is great as well. Personally, you could have ended on almost the Jay Z. I understand why you're coming back and doing one of your big hits last.
0: This takes it to the next level. Yeah, uh,
1: it, it, no, it's a great performance. It sounds better than the album. Better than the yeah, actual album. It release. does which is exactly what you want from a live performance. So I, we haven't been grading the live tracks, no. but I think this is one of the, you know, all the encore pieces are the best parts of this. Yeah.
0: Album. Yeah. You're very right. And,
1: and the only tracks that, that I would really go back and listen to.
0: If there are any S tier songs, it is the encore tracks on here. Cause they're just so different from the studio versions. Um, so they play the song Then they do a long drum solo, then they do some, oh, oh, oh," like crowd call and response type stuff. Then they just go all out like on bleed it out more and more. Then they do like a jam at the end where they're doing like improvised chord changes and kind of just going like, it's just as far as you can take the bleed it out riff possible. Just jamming, letting the audience do parts do going all back and forth between Mike and um and uh the other guitarist Brad Brad yep then they do thank you very much good night but the drummer never stopped so like the slow version of the riff is still going in the background and you're like they're going to do it one more time aren't they they're still screwing with us <laughs> this is not thank you good night They do the slow bleed it out, take it deeper, just to throw it away. Then they do the crazy fast version, so they do it again again. And then they finally end on insane guitar feedback that lasts forever, which is the everybody shut up and go home song, basically. Just noise to try and clear out the stadium. That's a good trick.
1: Yeah, you got to like extending the song too. I think that that... Sort of gets teased uh, on a lot of ending performances, but to actually get it to extend the track and to be able to sing along that's
0: a nice nice way to end it. yeah, what do you think about all the different sections of the eight minute bleed it out here?
1: It works for live performance um and like I said, one of the few that I'd go back and listen to on this album i love i just I love the pushing me away with Mike and Chester and then the on-stage welcoming of Jay-Z for a couple tracks and how that blends in nicely. And then the Bleed It Out is just wonderful. Nice way to wrap up the show. And it was a good show for as much as we've nitpicked various parts of it and you could take... Yes. I don't want to say take a nap in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. I would have rearranged parts of it, I yeah. think. And it actually seemed... Maybe a little light on hybrid theory. Maybe yeah. maybe not.
0: No, it was. I think it's still an incredible performance for as much as we uh, nitpicked. You're right. It
1: was, uh, like we said at the beginning, very good transitions. Seemed very tight. And what they wanted to do, like it was rehearsed, this is what we're going to do. Bang, 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 point A, B, C, D, Z, mm-hmm. all the way through. So it was a great Performance, I just would have done a few things differently. You still listen to track to track to track, skip around, listen to a few different sections. But if you're listening all the way through, all the way through, like we, yeah, like did, we just did, it it's it's kind of dull in the middle. And in working through the entire discography of of Lincoln Park, we know that their styles changed, and Hybrid Theory is a lot more high intensity than some of their more recent music up to this and point, the
0: power ballad album that we just reviewed. Yeah.
1: So I just would have mixed it up a little bit more because I think from a live perspective, which is obviously what this is, we've talked about all these tracks before, mm-hmm. I just would have created more of an up True. and down so people can jostle around out on the, Lawn out there and get more excited about things, and I just I don't you you could have pulled out a lawn chair in the middle of the show. I mean uh, I mean you were moshing at the beginning and you're moshing at the end. What were you a doing in the bit. middle?
0: No, I know they I they can't. Breaking the Habit didn't work. That was not a rock song. That was like a new wave, like, herky, weirdo song. It was, it's still cool. Like, that is, there's still such a weird, unique band and a powerful band. They're all good musicians. They all kind of had a little show-off moment at some point.
1: I would have loved the full package with Jay-Z and some of the other openers to see a full CD, DVD lineup of at least a few tracks from some of the openers to get the full idea of the full show. Mm -hmm. Obviously it's just Lincoln park, the headliner, but I think that would have been interesting to see from the perspective of someone that was there for the whole festival that, that evening.
0: So closing thoughts, a good album. Very different band from the first live album. It makes a lot of sense that they wanted to put out a, another document of what they sounded like uh, that many years later. I mean, it's not that many years later, but it's enough. So definitely, Linkin Park fans should should definitely check it out if they haven't so far, especially those encore tracks. What do you think for closing thoughts?
1: Yeah, I would definitely give it a watch and listen um, if you haven't already just to just to see if you're... A Linkin Park fan, if you haven't already. One one thought. So we have the sound stage set up. Uh huh. This is 12 years old at this point, more okay. than a decade, and we still have that today. Why have they not fixed that? Us, you know, done something with the sound stage. So we're not blocking part of the audience. If we need a spotlight, why can't we drone it down to something different? I think it just screws things up. I think that in a lot of ways, some of the stage stuff is very prehistoric,
0: hmm.
1: even from the um, the guitar guy, the audio guitar guy.
0: Brad Delson. No, the um, guy that swaps out guitars. Oh, like a guitar tech?
1: Yeah, guitar tech, swapping out guitars and getting caught in the DVD, which is neither here nor there, and that may not be a process that can be changed, but it just seems some things could be done differently. Hmm. The stage is got two screens or you know videos on either side yeah but it seems like it could be more oval ish to kind of
0: Hmm.
1: or half circle so the the audience could kind of fill in around the sides a little bit more it's just a flat stage and even now you see stages in arenas built for basketball or hockey right Where they have to close off the back end of the stadium and even where your seats are you're sitting from that straight on you're kind of looking sideways yeah or if you're too close to the stage you can only see you know from the side angle of the performer which may be looking straight out it just seems like we're very prehistoric in how concerts festivals are set up and we that should be figured out by now
0: hmm. yeah i wondered if that was their full stage setup or not or if it was like just their festival setup or how that kind of worked Um, there is only one other live album by them, which is way at the end of their career. So, it's interesting that they didn't kind of put more albums out in between. They do have live album versions of all of their albums. Like, Hybrid Theory Live, Meteora Live, Minutes to Midnight Live. And, um but we will not be covering those on the podcast. This is the second of three official live albums by them. Next time on the Linkin Park season of Poly Muse, we will be covering the album Out of Ashes by Dead by Sunrise, Chester Bennington's side project, Dead by Sunrise. It is going to be awesome. There's a lot of good music on that album.
1: Probably not quite as well known as Fort Minor, Mm -hmm. Mike's side project, but
0: it's a good listen. We got to do them both. We did the Mike side project. Absolutely. Chester side project. You've been listening to Polymuse. Polymuse is me, Ben, my cousin, Michael. We take you through music because we love doing it album by album. We will check you out the next album, the next episode. You're going to check us out on the social medias, all of the social medias, and we're going to keep bringing you every album ever made as a podcast version. So we love you. Goodbye. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Just check us out. Okay, guys.